This podcast is a part of Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. Hey everyone! Welcome back to Inside 1801. I'm your host, Aubriana Reeves. And I am Bryn Burke. And today we have a really exciting guest, but first we have to talk about Halloween. Um, Aubriana, what was your favorite costume that you did? Ooh, um, probably Wizard of Oz because I love group costumes that are like coordinating things. And I was Tin Man and Bryn was Dorothy. And then we had a lion and scarecrow too. It was very cute. I loved it. And then we ran into a good and bad witch. um, So we took like a big group photo and it was really (laughs) fun. Um, My favorite costume, I liked Dorothy. Dorothy was cute. Um, I loved my Miss Congeniality costume, though, mm-hmm. only because I'm obsessed with that movie. I, I could watch that movie on repeat. I forgot. I do I do still love the Wizard of Oz one. I forgot that I did Rihanna from the yeah, Super Bowl. What? I was going to say. I was like, that was your favorite? Tin Man was your favorite? Okay. No. Well, Rihanna did so many amazing costumes. Like, every single year... They're unmatched, but Rihanna was really funny. I did love it. I carried around a microphone all night and was singing Rude Boy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, what are you? I was like, um, thanks, yeah. Super Bowl, dancing, singing. The fact that people did not know what that was was crazy. Um, but besides Halloween, um, Halloween's over, fall break is over. Now we're kind of in that home stretch of waiting for winter break. Um, definitely still living in the moment and loving being here at USC, but um, you guys are not alone. <laughs> we are definitely feeling the burnout. Mm-hmm. We are feeling, or at least I'm feeling, the the laziness and just very much so lack of motivation. Yeah, it's just that point in the year where kind of, you know, it's not necessarily the height of everything, but you're on the downslope of fall semester. The motivation is not there. The weather is not great. Mm -hmm. I know the temperature Mm -hmm. dropped, what, like 40 degrees in a day. And if you can't tell by my voice, I'm feeling the effects of that. Every single year, you will hear me complain about how I don't have a winter wardrobe. Um, Every single year since high school. And still to this day, I'm wearing the same five sweaters that I bought three years ago. And every year it gets cold and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have nothing to wear. Well, maybe it's because I don't buy any sweaters or jackets. Okay. Winter doesn't (laughs) last long enough here for me to really invest in some winter clothes that are going to take up my entire closet. So that's my logic behind it. I know. But I hate the cold weather. I am a southern girl for sure because I can't stand it. (laughs) I would be perfectly happy if it was 100 degrees um, rather than it being even like 50 Ooh, yeah, I, I don't think I used to claim that I would I could live in New York or like anywhere of these cold places, but I just know I wouldn't last a day. Oh, I know. I know. I'm kind of delusional in that sense as well. But you know what? Maybe I'll like it eventually. Maybe. But for the rest of the fall semester, you know, I know I'm looking forward to our last couple of football games, hoping they pick it up a little bit, and maybe yeah, we'll see that. this Clemson game will actually be exciting. But besides that, um, we're just trying to make it through the semester, and, you know, for this episode, we're excited to have Madeline on. We can't wait for you all to hear from her. We have a very exciting guest today. Welcome Madeline Stewart, the host of Soda City Living for WIS-TV and a former Gamecock student. 
Welcome to the pod, Madeline. We're so excited to have you. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. This is my second time in campus in just a couple weeks. Um, I had gone a long stretch without coming to campus before that, but I was so happy to talk to the communications fraternity, and then this just fell into place. So very excited. Yes. So I actually got to hear Madeline speak at my chapter for the communications fraternity, and she has an incredible story. Um, As usual, I texted Ariana. I was like, (laughs) all right, found the next guest, like hoping she would say yes, and she did. So we're really, really excited to have you here today. Um, So just to start off, could you tell us about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I mean, originally from Chicago, I was raised in Greenville though. And at you know my senior year, everyone was touring colleges all around and all I could think was I have to get out of South Carolina. I've <laughs> got to get back to the Midwest or the West somewhere. Familiar. I got into, <laughs> yep, yep, a lot of people can relate. Um, I got into the University of Montana. My parents had encouraged me to apply there because I really wanted to do their field biology oh, program. Wow. Um, So got in there, also got into Marquette, and those were the only two schools I applied to, and my parents were like, yay, so happy for you, Um, but if you're going out of state, you're going to pay for it. And so I was like, okay, that's great that you told me after you encouraged me to apply. That's awesome. Um, Montana's super random. Right? It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what inspired me to apply, but um, and also their their biology program. Um, So... Uh, then I was limited to in-state, and the only place I could even possibly see myself going to was USC. So I applied and got in, and I was not happy to come here in 2016. <laughs> Being completely honest, I did not want to be in South Carolina, did not want to be mm-hmm. in Columbia. I had been here a couple times briefly before for youth and government um, in high school. But I got here um, and decided to major in biochemistry and molecular biology. I was a pre-med student. I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. And I had wanted that for a few years. And I was really, you know, thinking that that was the right path for me. Um, That lasted a semester. And then I, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's a tough program. I kind of reflected on uh, my time in high school interning at a dental office. And my dad is in the medical field. So he pushed me towards medical as well. And I thought, you Mm -hmm. know, stability, you'll find a job, you'll make good money after you get out of school. So um, I changed, my major was biology, minor in chemistry, and I was pre-dental. Did that, was not happy. And then finally, in the spring of my junior year, a lot of my classmates were getting their test scores back from the dental admissions exam. And I just realized all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I've had a year to study for this thing. I have the book. Um, I've opened it maybe twice. And people have already taken the exam multiple times. I should be applying to dental schools now. If I haven't done that by now, it's probably not going to happen for Mm -hmm. me, and I probably don't want it that bad. And at that time, I had been working at a dental office in Lexington for a couple years. So imagine that conversation when I go to my boss, the dentist, and say, "Um, I don't think I'm going to pursue this anymore, but, like, I still want to work here, you know. Um, So it it was difficult. I mean, I just knew, like, in my soul that that was not right for me. And it was okay because I only had two more biology classes until I was done with my major. but I needed to quickly find out what else I was going to do. So my immediate thought, and this is so random, I wanted to be um, a jewelry designer in Atlanta. Um, that, that, is that, that was very yep, specific. Yeah, I wanted to design grills and custom jewelry. That oh that was gosh. I was like I'm going to do what? it. So I researched schools and talked to my parents, and they were like, "Yep, do it. You're artistic. You've always been good at that kind of stuff." Um, so they encouraged me to pursue that, finish my degree, of course, and then is pursue there, that. So there's a school in Atlanta for jewelry design? 
See, I don't even remember at this point because that was such like a brief little like blip in the grand scheme of everything, me researching <laughs> that. I don't know where the school was or where I was planning to go, but I wanted to live in Atlanta and do that. Okay. Um, so yeah, after a couple of weeks, I realized, okay, I don't really, you know, I was contacting jewelers and seeing if I could shadow them. And um, I was like, you know, I don't think that's the right path for me either. I just don't feel that that's right. So started talking to advisors at USC I went to a lot of them and I said, how can I get into broadcast journalism? Because I had done theater and speech and debate and public speaking and I've always been a news viewer, always, always. And when I moved to Columbia in 2016, I very quickly found WIS and became a big fan and a viewer of WIS because I think it is just such a fantastic station. And I will continue saying that yeah. <laughs> even after working there and having a tough time at times. but. Um, I'm really appreciative of the 70-year legacy that WIS mm. has. Um, I think it's just amazing. There's nowhere else like it. So anyway, um, I, I thought broadcast journalism, and my mom was like, you should have done that all along, <laughs> just saying. Um, but advisors were telling me, um, you're going to have to do another four-year degree. You're going to be here for another two, three, four years. You need oh. a dual degree and I was thinking that cannot be right mm -hmm. there's got to be another way so I kept making more appointments with more advisors and getting referrals and talking to people finally I found Camille Cato in the journalism school and she was ahead some someone um in this new program that was the master of mass communications and they had an advanced degree um program so um, I talked to her and she, oh my gosh, I owe her so much. She was so kind to me because people were looking at me like I was crazy. They're like, you have this biology degree. Like what makes you think that you would be good at journalism? Like people don't do that. That's weird. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I know that I can do it. And but they so, should know, you know, people change their minds all the time, exactly. especially in college. I've heard of and some that's very okay. 100% career yes. changes. Yes, and that is okay to do. And so Camilla, bless her, um, believed in me. She was one of the few advisors that made me actually feel like, okay, this isn't like the worst thing yeah. in the world like <laughs> this is okay for me to do um and so we worked out a way for me to quickly get into the journalism school and still finish my bachelor's um so I talked to her one month and the next month I was taking my first journalism class and I felt wow. like a fish out of water I felt like I maybe don't belong in that room like I don't know anyone mm -hmm. I don't know any of this stuff and part of it felt like common sense honestly journalism did because I'm good at language and stuff like that um but it, it was a little bit rough um, for the first year. So I was starting my master's during my senior year of my bachelor's, which was okay. a little bit brain splitting at times. But mm -hmm. um, it was all worth it, honestly. Like, I learned a lot from all of those experiences. So anyway, <laughs> long intro. <laughs> um, so I eventually got – so I graduated in 2020 with my – bachelor's 2021 with my master's in journalism that's awesome um yeah and really that was my golden ticket that's what I needed and um I wanted to work at WIS I knew that I belonged there like in mm -hmm. my soul mm -hmm. so that was the only job I applied to I never had an internship or anything 
Um, Did I, you feel like the journalism school had prepared you for working in a news station, or were you like nervous um, to apply places around Columbia? No, I wasn't nervous. But the thing is, I don't really get nervous about stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. kind of channel it into excitement. And like, I felt in my bones that I belonged yeah. at WIS. You need to learn that skill. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, I, maybe it's being like an only child. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. But um, I just felt that that was like the divine path for me. Like, I needed yeah. to be there. And um, so I. That was the only job I applied to. That was the only station I wanted to work at. And thankfully, I was hired there very quickly and started working a week after I graduated with my master's. And to answer your question, I do feel like the journalism school really prepared me um, for working. But I feel like I also prepared myself. Like, I Mm -hmm. love to work. That's, like, where I find my joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I feel like I had done a lot of extra legwork ahead of time to make sure that I was fully prepared to work in journalism, and it was really, really hard at first. Um, I was hired as a hybrid position, which is very rare um, because usually people like to work behind the scenes or in front of Mm -hmm. the camera, not both. Um, It's very split one way or the other, but I really genuinely do like both. I'm like a planner. I love to write, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I like producing. And then my hybrid role was also being an MMJ or a reporter. So I was on camera some days. Some days I was behind the camera. Some days I was both. So Mm -hmm. that's basically how it started out. Wow. That is a really awesome story. And I feel like that's (laughs) super inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, um, like, how uncommon is it to be doing both of those things? And, like, what's the difference between being a producer and a reporter? And, like, what are the main things that make them so different? I only know of one other person who's had that position. And it's the person that I replaced because he moved on to a different position at the same station. Um, so I, I think it's very rare. I think it's a little bit more common in smaller markets, um, because there are less resources, although mm-hmm. this is a medium sized market, um, technically, but it's still very rare because you just can't find people that want to do those. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of stations won't even post those positions. Um, but so for those who may not be familiar, a producer is someone who writes and plans a show. So for example, I would be assigned to the 4 PM newscast. In the morning, we would get there, we would have a meeting and talk through all the important stories of the day, find out what the reporters are going to be doing. And then the producer chooses all of the stories for that show, stacks them, writes the scripts for the anchors. So everything that shows up in the teleprompter, for the most part, has been written by that producer. And they put in all the graphics, they choose the video, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then reporting, of course, is you pitch three at my station, three stories in the morning, the producers and managers choose one for you, and then you go out, get interviews, get video, and put together a couple different versions of that story to go live in shows later that day. Wow. That sounds like a really fun job, yeah, honestly. It it's fun it's with challenges. It's very <laughs> challenging. Um, I learned a lot, and I think one of the biggest things that I learned early on was because I was able to do more skills than the average person working in that department, um, they would you know, throw me in wherever they needed me. And some days that was producing the noon show and then reporting live for the four and five. And that is a long day. Mm -hmm. Um, And your brain's getting split in so many different directions and it's hard to keep everything straight. And um, so one of the big things that I learned was just to speak up for myself and advocate for myself and say, hey, I'm getting really burned out. I don't think that this is like the right like use of my time or resources. Can Mm -hmm. you just have me produce this day and then I'll help out afterward in a different way other than reporting, something Mm -hmm. like that. But I think looking up to people who had more experience and also had a better grasp of what was reasonable and what was not Mm -hmm. was very, very helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Because I feel like when you start a new job, wherever you are, you want to like make sure you've got your footing before you start to speak up, you know, and I felt for the (laughs) longest time because I didn't have a lot of experience in journalism whatsoever and because I was new there that I couldn't speak up for myself. Mm -hmm. But I had a lot of great mentors there for sure. That's really awesome. So what was the first year like and what were like the challenges besides the ones you just said that just coming out of the one year master's program and Mm -hmm. being thrown into everything? Well, when I started at WIS, I hadn't even known for a whole year at that point some of like the key terms that we use every single day. Like, for example, a package is something that a reporter turns that that is their story for the day. So you would turn in a package for the six. I I hadn't known what that was for a year. And I felt Mm -hmm. like maybe I didn't belong there. But I think one important thing is just putting things in perspective and it remembering that if you are somewhere you've obviously worked to get there and you shouldn't let that belief of oh I'm not enough Mm -hmm. or I don't have enough experience or whatever get in your way and instead of you know thinking negatively in that way just think wow I have so much to learn here and that's Mm -hmm. such an awesome thing and I'm surrounded by experts who can help me you know so um, it was really really challenging the first year and I think one of the biggest things as well was just learning to work so fast Mm -hmm. um People pass by my desk all the time and they're like, oh, my gosh, is your keyboard smoking? Like, because you have to type. Oh, my gosh. Especially when you're producing, too, and there's breaking news. Sometimes you'll be live in show and you have to put something in and you might not have help. Someone might not be available to help you. So you're just working so fast and your brain has to process information so fast and you have to get it right. Mm -hmm. Can't be a perfectionist. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, just five more minutes, guys. Just give me a second. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's challenging. Kind of on that same thing, just the transition from being in college to being in the workforce, what would you kind of say, you talked a little bit about it, but like, it's just helpful to remember to kind of remind each other or remind yourself, I guess, every day, because I know it's a scary thought for me and a lot of like my friends that have just graduated, they're getting in their jobs and they'll feel stressed at times. And what would you kind of tell them to kind of constantly remind themselves? Oh, man. And it's funny because I was kind of anticipating this question and I thought of a really good answer and now it's escaped me. (laughs) Um, I think just reminding yourself that it's okay to not feel like you know it all and that you're there for a reason. And um, and you're surrounded by people who have been doing this and also to make friends. Um, The good thing about journalism, in my opinion, one thing that I really, really appreciate is that so many people are willing to help you and lend you a hand and help you up. Um, And there are so many people with varying experiences, whether someone's been there for 35 years, you can go to them and Mm -hmm. ask for advice and they have the best advice in the world. Or someone who's just started might have a really fresh take that they just learned at school. Um, And also a really interesting thing um, that probably not a lot of people think about is, you know, reporters at other stations we run into them all the time um and they are technically our competitors but when i first started i was weekend reporting and i would see these kids these other reporters (laughs) every weekend because only so much happens on a weekend you're all doing the same stories Mm, most times um and we became really good friends like we keep in mind like of course you know we're competitors at the end of it like we do work 
um, at different stations, but we became really friendly with each other and we're friends outside of work too because we're all in the trenches together. Like this is such a challenging job at Mm -hmm. times and you've got to have those good connections with people. So that was a really heartwarming thing, I think. You know, Mm -hmm. when when work gets really, really tough, you can always gripe with somebody. Yeah, (laughs) it's better to have a support system of people that know what you're going through because at the end of the day, like, you whether you're surrounded by people like in general if they're not going through exactly what you're going through it is so hard to communicate sometimes it like is. hey i'm struggling with this and they're like yeah but like just yeah. no just, it'll like, be get fine over it. You'll, yeah you'll be no. good. and and something about news too there are so many there's so much lingo and it's like if i sure. you know call my mom and i'm like oh my gosh could you believe they had me go to a presser at 3.30 and I had to turn a live Vosat at 4 and 5 and a live package at 6 and a look live for 7. Could you imagine? Like, nobody gets it. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, and that's like, like, yeah. Yeah, she's like, wow. What does that mean? What a day. What a day. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to have, you know, I feel like journalism really brings people together in a way that I wasn't expecting, especially Mm -hmm. people from other stations, but also within my own station. Um, and TV does attract a lot of big personalities, so <laughs> yeah. um, that's always fun, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that is really fun. So you were producing and reporting, but now you have Soda City Living, yes. and we would love to hear more about that. Um, it's super awesome, and I loved hearing about it when you told our fraternity. So Thanks. Yeah, it is a really exciting opportunity, so I guess I'll tell you a little bit how I got into it. So. Um, I had a two-year contract in the news department, so that was reporting and producing. Um, Eventually, I did thankfully get out of reporting. I did not care for it. It was not my forte. Mind you, I didn't have a photographer or anything, so I was all alone all the Mm -hmm. time doing, you know, crazy stuff. But um, (laughs) so thankfully, they about a year in were short on producers and they asked me to go full time with producing and I said absolutely I would love that <laughs> um, so I got to really develop my producing skills there thankfully um, and I also would fill an anchor from time to time just to keep up my on-air presence and another important thing that I do want to mention is of course people should be nice friendly helpful people all the time but it really does come in handy especially in this kind of industry because you know I was really good friends with people who were hosting our brand new at the time lifestyle show. And because I was friends with them, they knew that I wanted to be on air and they knew that lifestyle was something I was interested in. So they would invite me to guest host on it. And had I maybe not been as close with them, they might not have thought of me to Mm -hmm. to fill in. And that's how I kind of got, you know, material for a reel to put together that helped me out later. Um, So I was full-time producing, uh, filling in anchoring and fast forward to, um, spring of this year my contract was set to expire and I was really really burned out and I was thinking I've got to leave like I have to do something else I can't resign the same contract again I know that's not what I need right now so I was looking outside of news I was ready to change to something very different like I mean well marketing's not that different we do have a marketing department which I'll get to a little (laughs) later but um but I, I was ready to go to a different industry Um, unless something changed. And thankfully, one random day at a staff meeting, they announced that they were going to start a new lifestyle show and they needed a host and a producer. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, (laughs) I've been on air for two years. I've also produced for two years. I have all of the skills that I need to do that. Mm -hmm. Plus, I actually really like Columbia. Hot take. (laughs) Uh, Maybe famously hot take, but um, Columbia has really, really grown on me and I've been so passionate 
um, about showcasing everything that the Midlands has to offer. And that is exactly the premise of this new lifestyle show. So it's not in the news department like our 3 p.m. lifestyle show was previously. It's in the marketing department. And our marketing department is so cool. (laughs) It is the best team ever. And so I was so excited about this opportunity. So, of course, I applied and I thought to myself, if I get that job, I will stay here. But otherwise, I'm going to find something else. And that's okay. Um, I felt like, you know, I had gotten enough really useful skills that I could take them just about anywhere. Um, So went through this long hiring process, felt like forever. Um, I think it was actually like a couple months. Um, And I get down and I'm one of two finalists for that position. And my lease was about to expire. I was like, guys, we got to hurry this up. <laughs> I got to decide what I'm going to do. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it it was really, it was tough to wait that out. But they ended up um, offering it to someone else who was outside of the company, didn't have news experience, oh, no. which I was very confused about the decision. I understand now, knowing a little bit more, I think she was a fantastic candidate. Um, but at the time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. It was another one of those things. I feel like I have epiphanies quite often, honestly. <laughs> um, it, it was one of those things where when that show was announced, I thought, in my soul, I am right for that position. That is mine. Like, that is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And then to not get it, I was like, this can't be. There's no way. And so I waited it out a little bit. They offered me like a secondary. It was just a producer position. And at that point, I was just wanting to be on air. Like I was done kind of being behind the scenes full time at least. Mm -hmm. So um, I waited it out a couple days before I I was going to probably decline the secondary position and just move on. And they knew that I had told I'd been very Mm -hmm. clear with them that I was just not really interested. But the person that they had offered the position to maybe four or five days later, ended up declining. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. It's like a sign. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. And so, um, yeah, it, it really did work out. So I'm having such a fun time. Like I said, the premise of the show is, you know, everybody says there's nothing to do in the Midlands or Columbia. <laughs> it's so boring here. But there actually is so much. And one thing that I did uh, talk about in my interview to get that position was that when I first got to Columbia, it was not what it is today. Seven mm-hmm. years ago, it's grown a lot since then. And sure, it's not a Charleston who's had its brand for over 100 years yeah. or Greenville who that has really well developed its brand in the past 20, 25 years. Um, Columbia doesn't really know what it wants to be, but yeah. it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting it's there. Growing. And I'm it's so growing. proud of little Soda <laughs> City. Um, it is a transient community. You know, you've got the college mm-hmm. kids who come in and out. We've got the legislature. Um, but there are so many hidden gems here that it, it might be hard to find. It's not in your face. Like you go to Charleston or Greenville and you can find the cool places where everybody likes to go. Columbia's not like that as much, but mm-hmm. there still is a lot to do here. So. Um, I was really, really happy to have the position. Like I said, I felt like I was perfect for it because I have been an advocate for Columbia for quite a while. And I tell all my friends, oh, my gosh, yeah, I stay here because I love it. I didn't at first, but I do now. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. So what kind of things do you do on the show or like what's kind of your favorite episodes that you've done? Actually, that's a really difficult question because we've done so much. Um, Just getting to meet people of all walks of life who do different things, you know. It's been really amazing. We got to go ice skating, which I love because I used to ice skate. We did a segment there and then trampoline park. That was like our very first episode that launched in September. 
Um, we went to Goat Daddy's Farm in Elgin, which is so fun to play with baby oh goats gosh. and learn all oh about gosh, all what? the exotic animals. Oh, yeah. They were, like, biting my jeans and biting the uh, the mics. <laughs> and so we were like, cute. oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. Yes. You know? They do baby goat yoga. And it's oh. amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they're just the nicest people. Um, we went to a stained glass art studio. We did painting with a twist. We did... I actually brought one of my former journalism school classmates on because she runs a painting business now. She chose to pursue that rather than broadcast. And, you know, at the time when like people are making these big life decisions like I was or like Summer, my friend, um, when she decided not to pursue a full time career. Yes. Yes. Summer doodles. Yes. (laughs) We love summer doodles. Yes. Yeah. People look at you like you're crazy. But I mean, look at her now. Two years later, she's doing amazing. And I've gotten to have her on the show, which she still is so talented on camera. So it's amazing for her to get to experience that and she grew up watching WIS so she always says like she's so excited to come on so it's like full circle Mm. stuff like that is so fun and then there was this really cool um, animal rescue that we did as well because we do a segment called Woofs and Whiskers so we feature adoptable pets and we went down to Orangeburg and this woman who is trained to be an attorney um, now runs the um the animal sanctuary dog sanctuary and she takes the dogs into schools and the department of juvenile justice and teaches the kids about compassion and empathy it's amazing i mean oh my gosh yeah so stuff like that Mm. it's every segment is my favorite just because i learn something new every time wow that's awesome i know and i feel like all of that sounds like so much fun but obviously Mm -hmm. there's like more difficult parts and I don't know if you'd be able to answer like typically but what is like a day in your life look like I'm sure no yeah. two days are the same it, but it, yeah that's so difficult and you know people say like all the days run together when they're so similar and, and now these days it's like all the days run together because they're so different I'm mm-hmm. like I don't remember what I did yesterday no, I agree with that yeah <laughs> so um I have a lot of responsibilities because I am the producer for the show as well which I enjoy because I like mm. being behind the scenes as well also being on camera Um, So it really is perfect. And, you know, even though the first two years were really, really tough in this industry for me, um, I took all of those lessons and skills and now I'm able to apply them to something that I really, really love a lot. Um, But so a day in the life, I guess, um, depending on the day, not every not all of these things happen in one day, but. Um, I'm good at prioritizing, so oh, it works out. That's a great but, skill to learn. Yeah, yes. Trying to learn it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a necessity in organization, mm-hmm. too. Um, but scheduling shoots, um, if there's anything that I want to do, then I, um, I reach out and schedule it. Um, and then I also have a sales component to my job. So for sponsored segments, I can sell segments as well. So that means cold calling and doing things like that. When I have time. These days I haven't had time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I also created a formula to time the show because this is the only show at WIS that is completely pre-recorded. Most shows are mostly live, so we have run into a lot of roadblocks when it comes to recording and submitting huge files. Um, you know, we've had to reroute a lot of times, um, but I created the formula to time the show, so I do that. I um, write in how long each segment is after it's edited. I put in all the graphics. I do a lot of video editing once segments are recorded and then if I need to add time or take away time we'll do ins and outs in the studio and I have to time those perfectly as well and then I submit the episodes uh so I think that's it that was that was such a foreign language to me (laughs) 
that sounds so cool so and awesome. So you have a lot of free time. Clearly. Uh, yeah, like none anymore. It's crazy. Because it, it's funny. When I was full-time producing, I got to the point where I could do it in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to be very alert and aware, like, and very particular with your information and your writing and make sure everything's correct. But, I mean, even at that point, like, I had done it. I felt like for so long I could, I mean, it was like a no-brainer. I mean, there are some stories I had to think about a little harder to, like, break them down and explain them. But now this, like, honestly, it takes up (laughs) so much energy. At the end of the day, I'm, like, actually really tired. (laughs) And it's so different, too, switching from news to kind of a more lifestyle and marketing and sales. That's a really good point, yeah. And um, when I started out in news, I mean, I was not a good ad-libber. And that's one thing that you have to do when you're a reporter. You If something comes up, um, if you need to take up more time or whatever happens and you need to ad-lib – you need to make sure that what you're saying is meaningful and makes sense. Um, and I was always the kind of person like, I want a teleprompter. I want an index card. I want to look mm-hmm. at my phone. Um, but being in those situations really taught me how to ad lib. And now I get to ad lib about fun stuff, you know. But yeah. at the same time, I still have to have kind of a news perspective about it because, yes, I am representing the station. But also I need to be thinking about what the viewer cares about. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like I can talk about whatever because I don't want to be boring, you know. Mm-hmm. So you always have to be thinking what matters to the viewer. What do they want to see? Yeah. What do you think is in the future for Soda City Living? Are you going to kind of keep it how it is now? Or do you have any plans for the next few years? Do you think you're going to stay with it? That was a lot of questions um, in one. But. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, for in the next few years, I really hope that it continues to stay strong. Like, we are very, very early on in this process. And we've learned a lot. Our whole team has. Um, but it, as we make more hires and as we are more successful, we'll get more resources. So I hope we do that. And um, and I hope we, you know, just continue to highlight everything that the Midlands has, because I think it really is such a special place. And that's why I've chosen to stay here. Um, I didn't want to move back home. <laughs> if I didn't make that clear when I uh, was talking about where I wanted to go to school. Um, but I think the community here is so special. The people are so down to earth. And there really is something wonderful about the Midlands that I want to continue highlighting, at least for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Eventually, um, maybe I'd go to somewhere bigger. But I mean, really, we're still in the very beginning stages. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to stick around for as long as it needs to really develop this show and make it something great. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about it, just like how you people can gain the perspective of the community that's offered here mm-hmm. in Columbia. But what's something you'd say that students kind of can specifically learn from tuning into So City Living? Honestly, I think even just beyond the show and like hearing about my story one thing that I always tell people when I talk to them is it it is always okay to change your mind and try Mm -hmm. something new and um, I'm glad that I grew up with the parents that I have because my dad was a prime example of that to me growing up Um, because he joined the Navy before he went to school then he went to business school worked for Coca-Cola for like 10 years and then in his mid-30s decided to go to optometry school and he was the only person in his entire school to be a business major that is very impressive (laughs) right yeah so I grew up just knowing that if Mm -hmm. I want to change my mind with the snap of a finger I can do that and that's fine so for people who don't grow up in that situation I would 
love for them to know that that is totally okay and normal. And if you believe that you can do it truly and you have the support that you need, that's big too. But you can do whatever you want. I mean, me, how did I end up here? Like a biology degree, no news internship, no news experience. I had only been in a news station twice before. Like I didn't Mm. know what I was doing. But if you work hard and make connections, you can really make it happen. So be on the show. I think that's what, <laughs> I, that's what I would like people to learn. But mm. um, just focused on the show, I just hope that people realize, like, what a great community we have here. Mm. Um, you know, some people, they come to college and they go wherever after, maybe Charlotte, Charleston, wherever. And that's fine. Um, but I hope more people continue to stick around. I would like to see Columbia be less of a transient community and really, mm-hmm. you know, develop more of a, a community here just outside USC and in the state house. Yeah. <laughs> so like we mentioned earlier, you have plenty of free time, but yeah. um, what have you kind of learned about post-grad life and kind of making friends in Columbia if, you know, your friends from school didn't stay mm-hmm. here and just kind of what do you spend your free time doing? So um, I guess going back to my first year at WIS, I was really, really stressed. And I had my friends who were weekend reporters. We had a really, really strong like reporter community here. We were all friends and we'd all do stuff outside of work. A lot of people moved away. And that's the thing about journalism Mm -hmm. is, you know, someone will go to California or Texas or wherever. So I've lost a lot of my best friends to other stations, which is okay. We still keep in touch. But I was, you know, outside of hanging out with friends when I was having a really, really hard time um, adjusting at work, I thought to myself, you know, I don't really do anything productive outside of work. I just kind of sit around and kind of mope because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was honestly like a little like depressed, I guess you could say. And so I thought to myself, I have to do something productive. I need to work towards something outside of work that's just for me. And I have always been a huge fan of pageants I have always watched them I know all the contestants I know their backstories I know where they're from (laughs) I make pageant brackets with my friends I was in pageant club at USC like it is a big deal to me and so um, I made a snap decision I was off on Wednesdays and Thursdays Um, one Wednesday I was like I'm gonna do Miss South Carolina USA (laughs) and so I called my parents and I was like hey I'm ready to do it and they're like Great. (laughs) My mom had wanted me to do it for years. Um, So they were like, sign up for what you need to do to prepare and uh, we'll get rolling. So that was September 2021, which was kind of a late start to start preparing for the pageant that coming March. But I signed up with a trainer. I got a pageant coach. I did all that I needed to do. And that took up all of my time outside of work, working out and (laughs) meal prepping. Yes, it, it was amazing, though, because... Um, my work family really um, supported me in that journey, and that was really, really nice. But also, after the weekend of the pageant, it it was nice to kind of be in a place of, wow, that pageant represented all of the work I've put into solely myself mm-hmm. for the last few months. And I feel like I'm a different person now. Like, I'm better at public speaking. I'm better at talking to random people. So that was a lot of uh, personal development for me. And so I had such a great time that I did it again this past year. Also had a wonderful time. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So that's what I did outside of work. And then um, I love exploring the Midlands, too. So um, in my free time, I'll go out with, like, my friends and try new restaurants. I have, like, this insane list on my phone of all the Send different – Send it to us. Yes, okay. Please. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and I was talking to some of my friends, too, 
Um, and I was showing them the list and they were like, oh my gosh, you need to put this on the Soda City Living website and call it like Madeline's must do's or Madeline's must have. So yeah, keep an eye out, keep an eye out. But yeah, it has all the districts of like downtown Columbia and then some areas outside and like all the restaurants that I need to go to. And I have a checklist of places that I haven't tried yet. And then I've got a list of favorites as well in like all the different districts. We need that because we never (laughs) do anything outside of our college routine. Oh yeah. I'm always like. We need to do stuff, stuff in Columbia. Yeah, yes. There's so much stuff that Go I'm do like, cute there's things. so many eat. great places. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. my gosh. Yeah, so I just love Columbia. <laughs> yeah, we need your list. Um, so back to pageants. Was yeah. that your first time ever doing a pageant? So um, in high school, I transferred high schools halfway through. And junior year when I was brand new, my mom made me do the high school pageant um, to make friends. (laughs) I didn't have a good experience because I did not prepare ahead of time. That was my own fault. Um, But that I did it junior and senior year. And that was the only time I had done it before then. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I really didn't have any experience. I just knew from watching pretty much. That is crazy. I feel like I make impulsive decisions sometimes. (laughs) Oh, that is something. I do it like it's my day job. Impressive. That is super impressive. I always wanted to do pageants when I was little. Really? And I would beg my mom. And I also grew up in Chicago. And so I remember my grandma worked for a pageant. And oh, so wow. I was like, Mom, please, please. <laughs> and she was like, absolutely not. And now I'm older. I'm like, I understand she didn't want to buy me the dresses right. that are like $1,000. <laughs> it's <and> crazy <laughs> expensive. But at the end of it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so good about myself. Like, mm. what a confidence boost. And it takes a lot of courage to to get up on the stage oh, in a swimsuit? Are you kidding me? Oh, I never gosh. thought I'd do that, ever. Wow. And now I've done it twice, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I really awesome. did that. Do you think you're going to do it again? <laughs> I would hope to, um, just with how my schedule is. I don't know, but we've been kind of talking about um, maybe – doing like a behind the scenes like pageant journey and making that a whole episode oh yeah or that two would be I feel like really it's a lot yeah <laughs> that yeah that would be really interesting so we would need to get that started really soon if we're gonna do that <laughs> yeah. but we kind of talked about it the other day well, so I hope to that's really impressive that you're like hmm I have one day of free time what should yeah. I do the most demanding hobby you could probably <laughs> right <pick up. laughs> yeah maybe not the best decision but in the end the no, best decision I think that, that is great because it's kind of like Having a sport after school is kind of how I see right, it because yeah. it's something you have to go to, you have to prepare, and it keeps you really active and motivated. So right. I think that's a great idea. And I've never been an active person before. I, Me neither. I did sports <laughs> on and off. Like, I used to ice skate. I did tennis, volleyball, golf. But, like, they were all, like, Yeah, you're not short. active like, at all. Yeah, no, I really, no, to be honest, it sounds like I was. Those were, like, very short little stints. Yeah. Um, most of them. So, yeah, I – that – really helped my fitness journey because I'd never really been into that before. So, I mean, lots of benefits to pageants. (laughs) (laughs) And would you say, like, finding something like that, maybe not – that exact thing of doing a pageant but Mm -hmm. anything in that realm is kind of the best way to focus on your work-life balance like early on because it can be so hard for sure for sure I would say just find your passion project and just work on it and a couple others that I had were I love to crochet and so I would work on projects and then um I also paint a lot too so just artistic stuff or like going to museums or I'd go to visit friends um, in other cities and just have like a weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. That was always a good way to kind of do work-life balance too, I found. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's so hard sometimes, especially if you just start a career and you're like mm-hmm. so gung-ho, so excited. And then you're mm-hmm. like, wait, I go to work. I come home from work. 
I maybe eat dinner and that's it. And then yeah. the exactly. cycle repeats and that can get so exhausting and it's like monotonous. lead to burnout yes. so quickly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Um, me and Aviana both both lived here over the summer. And for a little bit there, I was doing 8.30 to 5 every day. And originally I was like, wow, I have all this free time after work. And then as it went on, I would get home from work. I was like, I'm really bored. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? It would have been a good time to have this list of things to yeah, do. Yeah, we need right. that list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. SodaCityLiving.com. There, oh, there's yeah. some ideas right there. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed hearing more about your story and kind of learning more about Columbia and post-grad life. Um, we really appreciate you being here and hope everybody learned a little bit about Soda City Living and broadcast news and even more. No, I genuinely, this was so exciting because I know Bryn like heard you speak before, but I was like, I don't really know anything about your story besides the high points that she gave um, me. So it's nice kind of hearing also the it's okay, like not to stick with what you kind of have been on this path for. So Mm -hmm. I'm just really appreciative of all your advice and thank you for coming on. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. This was so fun. I felt like I just talked for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. If anyone wants to connect with Madeline or get even more advice, you can connect with her on Instagram at SodaCityLiving or at Miss Madeline Stewart. You can also connect with her on LinkedIn.